As we enter into your word, you will grant us light and understanding Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, I ask, oh God, that you will speak your word to us, Amen. the word that only you can speak to us. Amen. And you will grant us that understanding Amen. that only you can grant us Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. That at the end of this retreat, it is our heart desire that our hearts would have been changed and transformed. In the name of Jesus, it is my prayer that at the end of this retreat, oh God, you would have met with us, we would have met with you. And our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise you, the Lord. Hallelujah. The topic that God laid in my heart is come. So our topic for discussion this morning is come. 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 So many times we have used that word. And you know the understanding that God gave me is that come actually came after man's existence. If we remember in the book of Genesis, man was created. And when man was created, the next thing was that he should go subdue the earth. There were assignments and so many things that God gave unto him. And in the midst of all these things that God committed unto the life of that man, there was a secret word that was embedded in the making of that man. And that is come. A man's work on planet earth is not complete without a coming. And as we will be discussing this morning, there are actually four levels of come that Jesus desires that we will have an encounter with before we meet him in glory. There are four levels of come that the Lord will want us to have an encounter with before we come and meet him in glory. And I have it here that it seems that 
that word come will be on the basis for every man's judgment. Because if a man, if someone, if I tell the sister, if I say come, that means that number one, she's actually somewhere. For me to tell her to come here, that means she's at a particular location. I desire her attention and I desire her to come to where I am. I desire her to fulfill a particular purpose. That is why I beckoned unto her to come. If I have no assignment for her, there is no reason for me to tell her to come. If I do not have her in mind, there is no reason for me to tell her to come. Is it that I want to bless her? Is it that I want to give her something or send her on an errand? That's why you tell someone to come. And that is what it stems from the scripture. When the Lord tells us to come, when the Lord tells you and I to come, it's for a purpose. Number one, we have been created in his image and likeness. And he does not want us to stop at just being created in his image and likeness. If it's just to be created in his image and likeness and doing nothing afterwards, then we are no, not different from the animals that just roam about the street. But because there is a particular thing about man, there's a peculiarity about man. My sisters, do you think that you carry the image of God just to come to planet Earth to sit down? Do you think you come to planet Earth to be the image. Do you know what it means to be the image? Thank God we are sisters. You look into the mirror. And what do you see? You see how exactly you look like. So being the image of God means that you look exactly like God. No controversy. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you see all your faults, all the dimples, all the pimples, everything about yourself. You see it. And so when a man is made in the image and likeness of God, he carries the propensity to be like God. Jesus was the express image of God. But he did not think it robbery to take advantage of who he was and begin to do things and also power to himself. The Bible said that Jesus was humble. You know, there are so many things that Jesus would have done on earth. So many things that we would have expected him to do, like when he was being betrayed. I was listening to T.D. Jakes yesterday, and he said the greatest, uh, how did he put it? He said, what a way to betray Jesus. And he said, you betray Jesus with a kiss? And he transformed, or he made a meaning out of Judas betraying Jesus with a kiss. He said, he betrayed Jesus on the basis of intimacy. And that what struck me. It struck me and it has never left me since yesterday because I see that that is what most of us Christians do. We betray God. We betray Jesus on the basis of our intimacy. Jesus loves us so much. He gave it all for us. Jesus loves, so, loves us so much, he shed his blood for us. If you were not that important, he wouldn't shed his blood. Who says you are not important? Who says you are less than who you are? Who's, who, who is calling you a name that God has not called you? Who is telling you that you are something that God has not called you? When we come to God and we betray him on the basis of intimacy, this is a very, very sad commentary. You know, and the understanding that came to me is that 
You know, we come to God, we say we are born again. The Bible said we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. That is betraying God on the basis of intimacy. We profess that we are Christians. We profess that we are sisters. But right on our inside, the fruits that come from us does not glorify God. That is betraying God on the basis of intimacy. So let's, before we crucify Judas, let's just quickly look at ourselves. I had to look at myself yesterday. That God, where do I betray you with a kiss? Where do I come to you on the basis of intimacy? And I do not do what you expect. Why am I a Christian if I do not do what a Christian should do? Why am I born again? Why am I the image and likeness of God if I do not do what someone who is God's image and likeness does? And I pray that God will grant us grace and understanding as we go on in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I said, so our topic is come. And God calls every man to come. You know, every man is an entity that carries God. And all God wants to do with us is that when we have God on our inside, then we have the spirit of God on our inside. It's the spirit of God on our inside that gives us the grace to respond to come. Without us having the spirit of God on our inside, we may not hear him when he says come. For example, if we have a blind man or a deaf person, here and the person is sitting there no matter how i shout come the deaf person cannot hear me and that's the same thing with us when we do not carry the spirit of god on our inside we are deaf we are blind so no matter how god says come we cannot hear him because there's something on our inside that should res respond to a call from god and that's the spirit of god he said, if we, are the, if we have the spirit of God in us, we are the sons of God. If we do not have the spirit of God in us, there is nothing in us that makes us to be like God. There is nothing in us that will make us to respond to any call that comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. So I said there are four levels of come. And the first level, I do not want us to forget. We are not forgetful hearers. We are not forgetful listeners. We are doers of the word. The first level of come that God wants us to understand this morning is firstly, come to me. And in brackets, put salvation. The first level is come to me. And in brackets, let's put salvation. Can someone turn her Bible to Matthew chapter 11? Let's read together. So if you are there first, you help us. Matthew 11. Let someone help us with 28 to 30. Okay, please, can you say it louder? Thank you. God bless you. Yes. All you that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my body is light. Praise the Lord. God bless you, my sister. Let's take it step by step. If you look at that statement from verse 28, the Bible says, come unto me. Now, who is speaking here? Jesus is speaking here. So the Bible says in verse 28, it said, come unto me. Or come to me. The first point of coming is coming to Jesus. 
We are not coming to any man. We're not coming to Sister Moyo, sorry. We're not coming to Anglican Students Fellowship. We're not coming to the president. We're not coming to anyone. We're not coming to me. He said, come to Jesus. So the first thing I want us to realize is that there's a coming that is so important that is coming to Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, there are certain things that God expects us to do when we come to him. Now, it also goes on to say, come to me. I have the good news translation. All of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads and I will give you rest. So the coming that Jesus is beckoning us to come to is because we are carrying heavy load. And it's because we ought to be tired of carrying every load. By default, someone carrying every load should be tired of that load. But when I was studying this scripture, I realized that some people can actually be carrying loads and they may not seem to be tired. The devil has blinded their eyes and has oppressed them to a point that they don't see that there is someone that can help them carry their heavy load. There's so many sisters that they are in so much depression. That is a heavy load. There are so many sisters that suffer from a lot of ancestral causes. There are so many people that when they talk to you, when they tell you things are happening in their family, you just say, wow, they are carrying a heavy load from their ancestry. There are so many people, their own is sickness. There's a particular sickness that strikes their family and strikes them. That is a heavy load. There are some people that their own is, they just don't know how to disentangle themselves from sin. They just keep finding themselves going back to sin. Oh God, I'm sorry, why did I do this? The next time they are going, they are entangled with sin. That is a heavy load. We're not just talking about physical load, sisters. We're talking about loads that the enemy has put upon the life of a man that makes that life bent. The Bible said, oh ye daughter of Zion, why are thou bent? He said, should we not deliver this daughter of Zion? The Bible said the daughter, the, the woman was bent. He took Jesus to deliver her so that she then became straight. This afternoon, if you are here and you are bent with your problems, you are bent with your worries, you are bent with sin, you are bent with this depression, you are bent with failure, I want to tell you that Jesus is here and all he's saying this afternoon to you is come. Don't look at the person on your left or your right. Don't say, ah, sister from Kenon Babine. No. There is a level upon which every man has to realize that he has to come to Jesus. When Paul came to Jesus, Paul, who was Saul, he didn't know that he was persecuting Jesus. And when I was reading that scripture again yesterday, I said, God, which way am I persecuting you? Which way am I frustrating your grace upon my life? There's a place in which we frustrate the grace of God upon our lives. Why are you persecuting me? Jesus told Paul. And he said, who are you, Lord? And that's the first question of that, the first stage of come, salvation. He didn't know God. He said, who are you, Lord? But at that point, he realized that there was a higher force that was speaking to him. He realized that this was an encounter that was going to transform his life forever. He said, who are you, Lord? Who told him that voice was Lord? 
Who told him it was Jesus? This afternoon, sisters, if you have not had an encounter with God, if you have not had an encounter that makes you to come to your knees and say, oh Lord, thy will be done in my life. This is another chance. A retreat time is a time when we look inwards again and again and begin to search our hearts. Lord, have I been working well with you in this past over 300 days? Has my life been right with you, oh God? Lord, who are you? And you know, it's not everyone that speaks with his mouth to say, Lord, Lord. He's not everyone that knows that, Lord. Saul at that point said, Lord, but he didn't know, Lord. So it is possible as sisters that we occupy a position that will tend to make us not to really know the Lord that we are calling. Sisters, let us leave lip, lip service alone. Let us not just call Jesus with our lips. Let us call Jesus from our hearts. Let our heart pant after the things of God. Let it be that you are looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Let it be that you are not looking up to, and to any man. You are looking at your own life and how it can be your own author and finisher. That is the first level of come, salvation. Salvation. Nowadays, we go for evangelism. It seems everybody is saved, but it's not true. You say, are you born again? They say, I'm born again. Are you born again? I'm not born again. But if you search on the hearts of those people, they are actually not born again. They do not know who the Lord is. They have heard about him. They don't know him. They have not experienced him. They have not had an encounter. It is when a man or a woman has an encounter with God, that is when we say that that man has known the Lord. So sisters, I want us to search. I'm searching myself too. If I've not had an encounter with God, when a man, when Jacob had an encounter with God, his name was changed. You cannot say you have had an encounter with God and your life remains the same. That encounter has not come. You cannot say you have given your life to Christ and you remain in sin. The Bible said that he who, is, who, who, who still lives in sin, he said he has not known God. He has not known God. So if we still live in sin, we are going to call on to God tonight. We are going to say, God, I need an encounter. When Jacob wrestled with God, his name had to be changed from Jacob to Israel. His destiny was changed. The name that God changed unto him was a declaration of this destiny. The Lord wants to declare unto us a new destiny this afternoon. He wants our destiny to, to, to be changed and transformed due to who we have been called to be. Not who the world it takes to us. You know, we sisters, we could be very emotional. And we allow the world to dictate who we are to us. No. Enough is enough of us allowing situations to, de to determine who we are. The Bible talked about the woman with the issue of blood. What a name. What a name. The woman with the issue of blood. We don't even know her name, whether it's Lara or Finke or anything. The woman with the issue of blood. Do not allow situations to tell you who you are. You may have an issue, but the problem that you have or the things you need to do is to bring that issue to the Lord. The aim of his garment is enough.
woman. She only heard people talk about Jesus. She had not met Jesus. She only came in the book of Mark. She only heard about Jesus. And the Bible said when she heard that Jesus was coming to our locations, she said, where is that Jesus? I don't need to disturb Jesus. All I need to do is just to go through all the back and through the press and touch the hem of his, of his garment. How did she know that there was power in the hem of his garment? How did she know? How did she know? It was a product of what she heard. It was a product of what she heard. Sis, what are you hearing? I want to say tonight that begin to hear right. Because when you hear right, it will give you a, an advantage to walk right. When you hear the right things, you are able to do the right things. You are able to walk in the right way. And before you know it, you are able to accomplish so many. The woman with the issue of blood was, able, was healed that day. She was healed because of her faith. So we're still in the first level of come. Come to me, which is our salvation. And we're going to look at what I've mentioned some of them already. There are some people in the Bible that carried issues and heavy load. I've mentioned them as I was speaking. I said the woman with the issue of blood. That's in Mark chapter 5. The woman with the issue of blood. She, she had an issue. The Bible said it was an issue. 12 years, Mark 5, 25 to 34, 12 years. The Bible said that she has spent all she had on the doctors. Are you here this afternoon and there's a particular sickness in you? You have spent, your parents have spent all they have on that sickness. I want to tell you that there's a bomb in Gilead. I want to tell you that the end of his garment is here again. And much more than the hem of his garment is the blood of Jesus. He's able to heal. He's able to deliver. He says, by his stripes, ye were healed. He didn't say, you are healed. He said, ye were healed, which means you have been healed long ago. Your healing has been settled. Your healing has been settled. It's not negotiable. So if you are tired of that sickness, you will step forward today that I was healed. And you just come to the cross and say, Lord, whatever this sickness is in me, I've come to an understanding this afternoon that I was healed many years ago. I have come to claim my healing. You were healed. You were healed. Another person that suffered, you know, from those heavy loads that they were carrying was that, was that Syrophoenician woman. The Syrophoenician woman. The Bible tells us that that woman's daughter had demons. You know, and I've come to realize that there are so many people that actually carry familiar spirits around. And they do not know they have familiar spirits. There are some people that they will say, oh, it's whenever something, if good is coming like this, instead of coming to me, it's just come to another person. It is when you get to a place, when they say, ah, people, they are collecting something. When it gets to your turn, they will say it's finished. It is when they are saying, yeah, you know, it seems as if so many good things just elude you. You don't have to be in that state. Because he who the son of man sets free is free indeed. There's a way the enemy makes us feel that we are helpless. Let us put him to shame from today. The Bible said, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you. You are not the one 
The, 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 the enemy cannot surround you. He's the one that is surrounded. He's surrounded. Remember the story of the prophet that said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see that we are not the ones surrounded. He had the chariots and everything. He thought, hey, alas, we are surrounded. What shall we do? But the Bible said, by the time God opened his eyes, he said, oh, the enemy is the one surrounded. So my sister, the enemy is the one surrounded. You are not surrounded. If God just opens our eyes this afternoon to see the host of heaven around us, surrounding us, you will say, wow. And if there's anything we, are, we can achieve in this retreat, it's to tell us who we are in Christ Jesus. It's to tell us that we are not weaklings. It's to tell us that we are not powerless. But Badeboye said, he said, do you know the meaning of you are more than conquerors? He said, do you know the meaning? You know a, you know a conqueror. Take, for instance, someone that enters a ring, maybe a boxing ring, and a man that has been known to be winning over time. Ah, this one is the one that wins all the game every time, that nobody wants to come into the ring with him. You know, you call that man ah, a conqueror. Do you understand? Someone that you know that ah, he always beats any of his opponents. That's a conqueror. But the Bible said you are more. You are more than a conqueror. And you know the beautiful thing about this? You don't have to fight. The battle is the Lord's. And that is why we're saying come. Because when you are come, <laughs> hallelujah, the victim becomes the victor. Praise you the Lord. When we were in the world, we were following the dictates of the enemy. We were victims. But when we come running to Jesus, the victim becomes the victor. Because we are victorious through the blood of Jesus. And that is what occurs or happens to us when we come to Jesus. When we take our salvation important. When we know the relevance of our salvation. Is it that I'm saying that we are not born again? No. We can be born again, but we can be living less of who we are. And that is what we are awakening this afternoon. That have an encounter with God. Seek a sincere encounter with God. That when there's this collision... No matter what it is that is in you, it will bow to the Lordship of Jesus. And I pray it shall be well with us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Another person that had an encounter with God was Jabez. He had, the mother cursed him and gave him a bad name. And it occurred to me that some of us might have come from a family that bad things happen to. They tell you that, look, they don't live beyond 40. They don't live beyond this or that. Or some of them, they will even say, oh, do you know you're actually a mistake? We were not supposed to have you a mistake. Your father didn't even plan that we'll have you a mistake. Bro, ah, there's no brother. Sister, you are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. You are a miracle. You are a miracle. That's the word of God for someone this afternoon. You are a miracle. You are not a mistake. You are not unfortunate. You are fortunate. You are fortunate to be on planet Earth, waiting to fulfill the word of God concerning your life. And it shall be well with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word of knowledge came to me while I was preparing for this message yesterday. And it's that, are you here just passing by? And it's like your last attempt. It's like this is your last attempt to throw in the net to catch a fish. Because you have caught nothing all this while. It's like you just came with... It's like this is your, you just want to make a last attempt that, okay, let's see if it works this time around. 
And this is your last attempt to throw in a net to catch a fish. Because you have caught nothing all this while. This your last attempt has paid off. Because Jesus asked me to tell you to only believe him. Jesus asked me to tell you that you should just believe him. He can and he will do the impossible in your life. In the name of Jesus. Jesus will do the impossible in your life. In the name of Jesus. So if you are in that category, please kindly see me after this meeting. You came as here as your last attempt. And God is saying your last attempt has paid off. He said, I should tell you that he heard you and he saw you when you were sobbing and crying. That you were going to give it a last shot. If not, you were going to let everything about Christianity go. The Lord says your last attempt has paid off. And I should tell you that he will do the impossible in your life. And that from today, your life will be transformed in the name of Jesus. Praise you, the Lord. The Syrophoenician woman that I talked about is in the book of Mark uh, chapter 7, verse 25, in case we may want to read it. And you know, one thing, maybe we should read it. One thing that amazed me about that woman was that she was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. Yet she recognized the power of who Jesus was. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 7. Yes. Okay. And came and fell at his feet. Hmm. The woman was a Jew, a Syrophoenician hmm. by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Hmm. And it and he said unto her, For this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. Praise God. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. I know it's a bit hot, but are we here? Yes, just find a bit, just find a bit, and let's go on. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you know the thing about this woman? She only heard oh, that Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus did not want anybody to know that he came to tie and sit on. He was just going in that into that city secretly. But he said the woman had. And the woman made the last attempt that whatever it is, this Jesus, <laughs> he will come and heal my daughter. And the woman came to Jesus and Jesus said, let the children eat first. And you know what Jesus is saying? As long as you have come to Jesus, you are saved in Jesus. You are a child. Which means that, look, he said, let the children eat. What it is that you will eat, physically or spiritually, it is settled. So when you see a child of God not having what he should eat, physically or spiritually, it may mean that God is just trying to take you through some time, some period, and, but that you will not have something to eat. He's not true. God always provides for his children. He always provides. He said, let the children eat. Jesus has come that we may eat. What it is that you are going to be your future. It is settled. That is your food. That is your rights. What it is that you will accomplish on planet Earth is what God wants to support. It is your meat. You should eat food and be fat in what God has called you to do. It is your rights. 
But here was a woman that didn't even have any association with the lineage of Christ. He didn't even have any, in fact, on an ordinary day, she shouldn't come near Jesus. But she came. And she said, sir, I understand though, that we, the children, you know we are the children of the living God. We should have bread. But even the dog can eat the crumbs that come from the children's table. <laughs> even the dog can eat from the crumb. Sis, why are you eating crumb? Do you know who you are? If you are still eating crumb, you are living below standard. It is dogs that eat crumbs, not children. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. I should eat the real bread, not the crumb. So if you are here this afternoon, and it seems your life is still feeding on crumbs that comes from the children's table, the Bible said that I want to promote you this afternoon. He said there's a divine promotion for you to be a child. And it shall be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. I said it shall be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have looked at that man. We'll look at that man now that was at the pool of Bethesda. I love that story and I don't want us to just, you know, pass by and not do anything about it. Let's go to John 5. I hope we're following so far. You know we're still in calm. All you are carrying a heavy load. And we are looking at all these people in the Bible that carried heavy load and what happened to them. Let's look at another man, that man at the pool of Bethesda in John 5. If you are there, help us read from verse 1. Note that the Bible said there was a feast. Okay? Let's go on. Now, at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew term Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, of withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Hmm. And a certain man was there, hmm. which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him like, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, hmm. he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. Hmm. But while I'm coming, another step down before me. Hmm. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Hmm. And immediately, the man was made old, and took up his bed, and walked. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Now, there was a feast. I'll quickly run over this. But do you know that in the midst of the feast... There were people by the sheep market that they were blind. Another translation said, group of impotent people. People that were blind. They were altered, alt. They couldn't move forward, they couldn't move backward. Altered. They were altered. Another scripture said they were withered. They were wasting away. There was nothing good about them. And this was happening in the midst of a feast. Which means that, do you know that God can make a feast ready for you and you are still living with it? You are still living 
altered. A feast is prepared before you, sisters. And what the Lord wants us to do this afternoon is to remove as many as are blind, altered, withered, away from that position. That man had been there for 38 years. And when Jesus came to him, he still said, I have no man. Sis, you need no man. He said, I have no man. What is my business with any man? The Bible said, Jesus said, will thou be made old? Do you want to be okay? And you are telling me you don't have a man. I thought the rest one should be, sir, I want to be okay. I thought before Jesus even asked, he said, sir, look at me. Please have mercy. I want to be okay. Like blood, my Timios. They were shutting him down. He was screaming the more, thou son of David. But this man was still saying, I have no man, which means he had a mentality. He had a mindset. See, I can't do anything without a man helping me. Are you here? Are you here tonight and you think you have a mentality or you have that mentality that, look, I can't do anything good all by myself. I need someone to help me. Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be changed from the position in which you are? Do you want to change from this level that you are? Praise the Lord. So Jesus did not even answer, I have no man story or I have no man. And do you know why he even said, I have no man? They said there was a tradition. If you look at some, some of the places in, in that scripture, some of those verses, they will put it in quote. He said, they said, their belief of all those people at the sheep market and at that pool was that an angel will come at a particular time of the year. He will come and move the water. And the first person that moves into that water will be healed. They were still living on their beliefs. They were still living on traditions. They were still living. I grew up as a Baptist. So I know what it means to attend an Orthodox church. So I'm not speaking Orthodox churches this afternoon. I'm speaking salvation. I'm speaking, I'm speaking the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is that when we get to heaven, God will not say, were you a Baptist? He will not say, were well, you an Anglican? He will not ask you the church you went to. He will just want to see if you are a child of God. So tonight, if there's anything tradition that we have at the back of our minds, then when we were growing up in Baptist, you dare not speak in tongues in church. You speak what? You can't do. We do that in fellowship. But by the time we get to the main church, we just conform. But by the time I left school, at least it was becoming better and better and Baptist is better and better by the day. I know the same thing with Anglican. What I'm trying to tell us is that let's shelve away. Let's, let's put aside all these traditions that hold us bound. There are certain traditions in Orthodox Church. I like Baptist from now till eternity because it kept some of us sane. There are some of these orthodox principles that, look, they keep you sane from sunbeam. That's our, our, our uh, small children's church. They keep us sane from the beginning. And I feel each church should still have those things. I know Anglican has. But what I'm saying is that there's a tradition in all this system that may keep you hell-bound at a particular thing that even when Jesus is moving, you can't see it. Those are the things I want us to shelve and see and just allow Jesus to go through us. Let's allow Jesus' entrance into us. Let's quickly rush to Jabez. We don't need to read that, but we know about Jabez' story in 1 Chronicles 4.9. He just prayed. He said, God, just help me. Enlarge my territory. I don't know if there's someone that is tired of the way she has been living and wants to say, God, can you just enlarge my coast? Can you just bless me? 
Do, do, do you know that? Ah, let's go there. First Chronicles 4.9. Because that may be someone's prayer today. First Chronicles, if you are there, please help us read. First Chronicles 4.9. Yes. He was more honorable. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And that was on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou didst bless me, hmm. and enlarge my foot, and that thy hand might be with me, hmm. and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not be me. And God granted him that which he requested. Amen. <laughs> he said, God granted him that. Did you notice that he didn't ask for a change of name? As opposed to Jacob. Jacob, by divine intervention, needed a change of name. But even though Jabez was given that name because the mother bore him in sorrow, he didn't even say, God, change my name. Because left to him, God is able to do more than which he could ever ask or imagine. Hallelujah. It was okay for God to change the situation. His name would change. That woman with the issue of blood. When she was healed, was she now called the woman with the issue of blood? No. I, I foresee that she might have been called the woman that was healed of the issue of blood. In fact, they wouldn't want to call that issue of blood again. There was a change of name. So when we have an encounter with Jesus, our name will change. When there's a divine encounter with Jesus, things begin to align in our lives and our situations will respond for the better. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. So we are made in the image and likeness of God. And I pray it shall be well with us in the name of Jesus. So are you here this afternoon surrounding your back? There are so many things surrounding your back. I already said it. I said you are not a mistake. You are a blessing. And um, I had another word of knowledge. And I think I should just read it out because I wrote it down as it was coming to me. Have you been told that you were a mistake? To have been born into your family. I was counseling a sister, and surrounding the time that that sister got married, the family she married into had a very terrible accident, and some people in the family died. And this was 12 years after I was still counseling her, and she said she feels she's a cause to that family. She feels she was responsible, that it was when she was gotten married to, into that family, that that family started having issues. There are some families like that. So, have you been told that you were a mistake to have been born into your family? Or that surrounding your birth, your father died? And every evil possible stems from you. Child, Jesus is here. The God of Israel that delivered Jabez. The one who gives us our real name. The God of the universe who created you in his image and likeness says, You are created in my image, in the image of God. Hallelujah. So you are created in the image and likeness of God. If you are that, in that position, that is a word for you. You are not a mistake. In that family, if so many things have been happening and surrounded your birth, you are not a mistake. If it seems as if any time you appear, evil appears, no, you are not a mistake. It is just a lie of the devil. Lord is coming this afternoon to deliver you in the name of Jesus. Praise he the Lord. So the first level of come, salvation. Now the second level of come. Before we go to the second level of come, let's just close our eyes just for one minute. Just for one minute. And if you're here this afternoon and we've talked about coming to Jesus 
And we've said that it's just not about just coming like that. There has to be a coming for an encounter. If you are here and you are still living in sin, if you are still carrying burdens and loads of care, if you are still entangled in so many things that you can't even tell anyone, you are still oppressed in your dreams, I just want you to raise up your hand and drop it back. Tonight is your encounter. It's a day of your encounter. So the altar call is if you are here and you are still living in sin or you are still carrying one burden or the other. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye who labor and are ever laden. He said, I'll give you rest. Jesus wants to give you rest. So if you are in that category, can you just wave your hands? There's nothing to be ashamed of. God bless you. Just wave it. You are waving it to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is Jesus um, just following what he asked me to do? God bless you, my sister. You can put it down. I've seen you. Okay. Is that all? God bless you. God bless you. Is that all before we pray? You know, this song came to my heart. While passing through this world of sin and all that your life shall view, be clean and pure without within. Let others see Jesus in you. Father, Lord, we thank you for this afternoon because like you have instructed me, I have said your word to your people and you said I should give an altar call for people who are still living in sin, in bondage and are carrying a heavy load. You said they should come to you that you want to give them rest. Father Lord, as they have raised their hands to you, can you just, those that raise their hand, can you put your hand on your chest as they have signified for you. Lord, I ask this afternoon, give them rest. In the name of Jesus, it is your word that has gone out and you said that you will unburden every burden heart this afternoon. Father, as the signify to their hands on their chest, Lord, I ask that you will deliver them in the name of Jesus. Everything that has entangled them before now, they are delivered in the name of Jesus. The word of God says here with the son of man, set free is free indeed. Father, this one's a free indeed in the name of Jesus. They were victims from today. They become victors in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, from today they are more than conquerors in the name of Jesus. From today they are set free from the shackles of the enemy in the name of Jesus. From today we come against every force of hell that wants to debar you from fulfilling purpose in the name of Jesus. The Bible said that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every knee that has been oppressing you before now, in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, be free in Jesus' name. Every oppressor of your life is oppressed today in the name of Jesus. Every oppressor of your life is held in chains from today and delivered to the pit of hell. In the name of Jesus, you are delivered daughter. In the name of Jesus. You are set free, daughter, in the name of Jesus. 
go and sin no more. Go and be free. Go and, and, and be free from every encumbrances and entanglement of sin and chains and burdens in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, we thank you. Every ancestral flow is destroyed in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Now the second come. So that I'll just go through it in the few minutes we still have. The second come is come, I will make you. After we have been saved, what the Lord wants us to do is that we will sit down with him and then he will make us. You know when we, thank God we are sisters, when you want to bake a cake, what do you do? You get all the ingredients. Now if you don't have the ingredients with you, if the ingredients are in the market, can you make cake? where you are. The ingredients are in the market. Can you make cake here? No. The ingredients have to be with you. That is the same thing we come in that he will make us. When we come to Jesus and he wants to make us, we have to sit down patiently with him for us to be made. A man that is not made will be fake. A man that is not made by God will be fake. A man that is not made by God will just be a fake man roaming about the street proclaiming that he knows God and God does not know him. No wonder the Bible says that at the end they will knock. They will knock and say, but we prophesied in your name. We casted out demons in your name. We did this and that in your name. The Bible will say, depart from me. I never knew you, ye workers of iniquity. They were fake men and women walking around, professing that they have the power but denying it. Hallelujah. Let us look at the scripture in Mark 117. Mark 117. If you are there, help us read. Mark 117. Mark 117. And Jesus said unto them, Yeah. Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Hmm. Another version? Thank you, my sister. Do we have another version? Do you have another version? Is someone else reading for us? Mark 1.17. Okay, let me read mine. Good news. Jesus said to them, Come with me and I will teach you to catch people. Another one says, I will teach you to catch fish. Come to me. Now, it is the Lord that teaches you know, even with the experience of Peter, with the experience of Andrew, Jesus had to teach them. He said, cast you your net. Cast it, cast it on this side. He said, Master, we have told all day, just like some of us sisters are doing. We have told all day. Everything in our own power or might, we have told all day, sir. But nevertheless, so are thy word. And that is what the Lord wants this afternoon. The Lord is, say, is saying to us, is saying to both of us, just say, nevertheless, O oh God, at thy word, I will cast my net. Do, do you know the irony? The net is in your hands. You know, when we were coming to planet Earth, to me, I foresee, we're just speaking figuratively now, we were given nets. And you know what that net is? The net is for our harvest. The net is for an assignment that we are coming to do on planet Earth. And you will ask me, should everybody be a fisherman? By inference, yes, we are all fishermen. 
Not everybody will come to the pulpit to preach. But if yours is just a help ministry, you are a fisherman. Because what you are doing to help others, you are gaining others to the kingdom of God. You are a fisherman. Another person may be an evangelist going out there winning souls. He's a fisherman. Another person is an apostle. What he's doing is winning souls. He's a fisherman. Another person is just sitting right there. Just by your character, others see Jesus in you. And you are speaking volumes with your character. You are attracting that person to you. Not just to you, to God, to the kingdom of light. You are a fisherman. So I foresee that all of us, we are given nets. And all we need to do is to say, at the word of God, I cast my net. And you know, it takes you to obey God, to be able to know that where, where the fishes are. Maybe you are looking for a job. Maybe you are looking for where to serve. Or you are looking for what to do, which work to do. It takes you to have a net to cast it on the right side, to be able to do the right thing. If you do not, if you cast your net to the left or to the wrong side, you may not accomplish anything. And that is why you see sisters going about, I don't have job, I don't have this. Complain from morning till evening. It's because they have not located where their net is to cast it on the right side. Sis, will you dare to cast it on the right side today? And that right side goes by the word of God. God at thy word. If we do not know the word of God, we cannot know what God is saying concerning our situation. But it takes us to continually be a meditator of the word. He said, thy word it is a lamp, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Which means that anywhere I go, the word of God leads me. I don't stumble because the word is the light. I can see where I'm going. Is it who to marry? The word of God is a light. I will see who to, I will see, I will know the right person to say yes to. Because I have the word of God and I know the word of God. Are we having issues? Ah, ma, three brothers are coming home. I don't even know which one to say yes to. You can't go to the word of God and the word of God becomes a light and you see. By the time you see that brother, A, B, C, the word of God shines on your inside. There's an impression that comes on your heart. It is brother B. Or that impression comes on your heart. It's neither of these brothers. Wait, none of them is yours. How did you think that Samuel was able to choose David? We can translate that to a marriage kind of ministry. Do you understand? And do you know what Samuel had been doing right from 1 Samuel chapter 1? He had been stinging. They said, ere the light of God goes out. Before the light of God goes out in the temple, he was always waiting. Is the Lord saying something? What is the Lord saying? He will stand in the presence of God. What is God saying? It is not when brother comes and they start disturbing you. That is not when you start knocking on the door of today. Who is the brother? It is getting too late at that time. Before that time, you are going to the God. You're saying, God, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, the light unto my path. I will not go the wrong way. I will see well. I will hear well. It took Samuel to continually stay with God in the temple of God, dwelling on the word of God to be able to know what the will of God is. And a day came. People thought he had been wasting his time sleeping in the temple. You don't have to sleep in the temple, in the church physically now. In your room, in your quiet time, the time you give to God, one hour a day, two hours a day, you just go and take you know what someone told me, my father and the Lord said, 
Any time you have a spiritual encounter with God, it is a spiritual deposit in your bank. So there you are speaking in tongues. You are, you are waking up two hours in the midnight. You are praying, not even for anything. You are just praying in tongues. You are settling your future. It is a bank. It is going into your spiritual bank. Not that there's any problem now. Not that um, you don't know what to do, but it just keeps storing in your spiritual bank. When they write, when that brother comes, you will know. Because you have worked with God. You have worked with God. You have known his ways. You have known him. He will speak to you. People thought Samuel was wasting his time. People will think you are wasting your time. Sister yes, you. You, you won't go and people are not doing this one again thing again. No. Leave them. Everything is going into your spiritual bank. By the time God, you by the time you want to go to the bank to cash, people will just see you carrying Ghana must go. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You're, you're fulfilled, you fulfilled prayers. Your prayers are being answered. You'll be carrying the dragon in the Ghana must go because you have stored something there. Don't let them disturb you or don't let them dissuade you from, from following the right thing that God has said you should do. Begin to deposit now. Deposit for your family. Deposit for your children. Deposit for your husband. The Bible says a wise woman builds her home. He did not say he builds a house. Some say builds a house. He did not say a wise man. It is a woman that builds a house. The way your house turns out to be is the fault of a woman. Is that if that house goes down, it's the fault of the woman, not the man. Because it takes a woman to build. It takes a woman to build. The man makes the foundation. The woman builds structure. And you can't build structure without prayers. You can't build structure without standing on your knees. The Bible says, I stand at my watch. When God is looking for you at 12 noon or 12 in the midnight, where are you? Sleeping. Ah, no, you can't afford to sleep from today. If there's anything we, we go take away from this retreat, is that enough of the sleep? If we count how many hours we have been sleeping, hey, that is why Boko Haram have invaded everywhere. Because we have been sleeping. There were some missionaries. There were those that went to that Chibok school. They were the first set of people that went to Chibok. They went there to serve. I've forgotten the name of the man. How many, how many years later, that place has become a beehive for terrorism? What that man said is that, ah, when we were posted there as coppers, we did not know that God was telling us to do something in that land. Maybe if we had prayed more, that place wouldn't have been a beehive to terrorism. So watch it where you are going to serve. It may be a place where God wants to imprint your footsteps. It may be a place where God wants your niece to do some work so that yes will come and they'll say, no, a sister came here. She prayed, she labored. No harm can befall anyone in this locality before, because where you have labored, you have labored. Because you have labored. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said, come, I will make you fishers of men. Let's get our nets this afternoon and begin to Put the net on the right side. God, who are those that you have sent me to? Who are those that you have said my life should influence? Hallelujah. Of God. I, I follow so many women of God because I, I love them. It takes a great grace to be a pastor's wife. I'm a pastor's wife, so I, I need to learn from those who have gone before me. You know, I used to follow Bimbo Dukoya before she died. Then I started following Nomthi Odukoya 
before she died. And I realized that those women, they carry some, there are so many other women. I follow Mommy Ariogun, she's my mother in the Lord, Mommy Ariogun of um, Life Oasis, Oshogo. There are so many women like that that I follow. And what I see about their lives is that they don't joke about who they are. They quickly recognize who they are. They quickly recognize who they are. Sisters, you know, do you know the secret that I want to share with us today? If this nation fails, it is our fault. We are the ones that birth. We are the ones that travail. But if everyone is looking for women that will travail and finds no woman, then the nation will become anyhow and people will run elter skelter. If few of us that are here today, we commit ourselves to one hour in a day to pray for our life, our future family, our future husbands, our future children, and to pray for Nigeria, Nigeria will be better. If we say it, Lord, one hour in a day, I will, you can just speak in tongues. Just one hour in a day. Things will happen in this country. Your, the, the things about your life and your family, it will be settled in the place of prayer. I told you it's a spiritual deposit. You are keeping it in the bank. And before you know it, you will reap. Before you know it, you'll just be going to a place. And the Lord will tell you, you're going to meet your husband today. And lo and behold, one brother just came. And people will come and ask you, sister, how did you know he was the one? It is nowadays that I have so many questions from sisters. Ma, how did you know your husband was the one? You know, it seems strange to me. Do you know why? They taught us very well then in BSFO that you pray before that time. And we started praying 100 level. We started praying 200 level. That Lord, because you have made me a house builder, my house must not fail. For my house not to fail, I must get the right brother. I must get the right brother. We started praying before time. Five brothers came at once. Five. There were more. Let me just limit it to five. Because five were the serious ones. But it didn't take me so long before I knew who was the chosen one. Why? Because... There is a relationship I have had with God, and I'm still having it with God. I'm not there yet. And because of my relationship with God, he's my father. My father cannot allow me to choose wrongly. Can your father see something wrong and say, choose the wrong one? The right one is here. Would he tell you to? No. So if your earthly father will ensure that you do not choose wrongly, ah, then your earthly father will do so much more. But his relationship... The more you relate with him, the more you stay with him, the more you, you love him, the more you give yourself to him, the more you are separated on him. At the time when we were in school, people would say, this is SU. I didn't care. I'd rather become an SU for Jesus than become something else outside there. People would tell you you are out of vogue. People would tell you this is the time to enjoy yourself. I said, I, I said there is no time. There's no time to joke around, sisters. Nomte didn't know she was going to die. She just died. And by the time people were giving testimonies about her, I said, wow, I didn't even know this woman was like this. Great and mighty things that they said concerning that woman. My sister, the time is short. None of us will die young in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe Nomte went before time, but it, it, it pleased the father to take her at that time. Maybe her assignment was over, maybe. But you and I, have we started our assignment? Have we started? 
So if you have not started your assignment, this is the time for you to know what your assignment is. How do you know your assignment? Go, go to the person that gives the assignment. Go to Jesus. Let him tell you where your net is. Let him tell you where to cast your net. Sit down with him. The Bible says Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken away from her. Sit down with Jesus. Martha complained, oh, ah, oh God, I don't like it. Oh. Anytime you are coming to the house, I'm the one cooking. Is it that God does not want us to cook? You know, sisters, we are in this um, cooking ministry together. Is it that God does not want us to be busy doing things for him? In the process of busy doing things for God, be busy sitting down with him. Be busy sitting down with him. Chew on the word. God, what are you saying? Concerning Anglican uh, Student Fellowship, God, what are you saying? Concerning the sisters, God, what are you saying? God, we open your eyes before things happen and you have a dream. Ah, something is about to happen to a sister and you stand up in the place of prayer. Sisters in this fellowship, nothing should take you by surprise if you dwell in the place of prayer. God will show it to one person. We are so many now. God will show it to even if it's one person. And that one person will say, Sister, I'm sorry, I had a dream. Let us pray for this sister. I saw this, I saw that, I don't understand. Then we come in the place of prayer and we begin to pray. But how can two work together except they, have, they agree? If we do not have unity in the midst of us here, then nothing we pray about will come to pass. It takes agreement for things to come to pass. So I challenge you, I didn't hear anything, I didn't tell me anything. I'm just saying if there's no agreement in your midst, begin to seek for agreement now. If a sister has something against you, like she did something to me, do you know she may not even know she hurt me? You walk up to that sister, sister, and the way you did that thing, I didn't like it. Let's talk to each other. We are sisters. We are from the same family. Let's talk to each other. But you know, you really hurt me. I heard you said this about me. Challenge the person. And you'll be shocked what you will hear. The person will say, ah, I didn't know. I just said this. I just said that. And before you know it, the enemy is happy when there's discord in our midst. Because he knows that where discord is, unity cannot stand. And when there's no unity, the prayers cannot, cannot be answered. Except maybe for a chosen few that God will just have mercy on and answer. But for us as a fellowship to stand, if anything must happen to this fellowship, the sisters coordinator or the sisters group must first of all know why we are the house builders. If anything happens to Anglican Student Fellowship, we should know and we should take the sisters as responsible. Why? We are house builders. And it shall be well with us in the name of Jesus. I'll quickly try to round up now. So I said we are talking about come, I will make you fishers of men. I will make you. It is Jesus that makes. No man, I can't make you. Even if you come to me and say, man, I want you to be my mentor. I can't make you. We can't make ourselves. Jesus is the one that makes us. Jesus is the one that trains us. Jesus is the one that gives us the essence of who we are and who we should become. And when Jesus makes us, imagine when you're making, you're making that cake. At first, it doesn't look so pleasant. Everything is just looking mushy. But by the time you put it in the oven, Jesus will put us in the oven though. Because we are gold. And we can only be purified when we go through fire. So don't be discouraged when the fire comes, it's for purification. Don't be discouraged when the heat comes and it seems as if God, but I'm serving you, what is happening? It's just a heat to bring out your gold. It's just a heat to bring out how purified you are. 
The more it goes through fire, the more purifies it becomes. The more impurities are removed from it. God is just trying to remove the impurity from you, sister. Do not worry. It's just for a short time. And by the time the cake comes out, oh, everybody wants to eat. Then the brothers begin to see, ah, that sister. She, I've been seeing her in fellowship, but suddenly she's just appearing differently. And that's what my husband said concerning me. We've been friends. We've been friends. No strings attached. But he said there was just one day when he was praying about marriage. Then I just came maybe to the fellowship. Okay, we, we invited him to minister in our fellowship. Then I was, in, I was in charge of the choir. So I gave a special number. That was when my husband just said, ah, this sister, there's something about this sister. Praise God. And you know, that's the way it happens sometimes. Maybe by then God was purifying me and I, was, I, I just appeared like gold. She said I was just glowing that day. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So don't worry, some of those, some of you sisters that you think, hey, ma, no brother is coming. You that you had five, no brother is coming. Don't worry. Praise God. <laughs> Bless you, my sister. Someone is testifying. Don't worry. Go through that fire very, very, very well. Before my husband came, there was no brother too. I was complaining. I was saying, hey, suddenly, as if heaven just opened and said, oh yeah, unleash those brothers. They just started coming. Nobody was coming at the time. I was completely, I told my mom. I said, mommy, am I okay? <laughs> am, I, am, am I okay? Am I not beautiful enough? But my mom said, just, you know, and I was studying veterinary medicine. Don't worry, just read your book, Jerry, don't worry. And before I knew it, semi-final, they just started coming. So don't worry if the brother is not coming now. The brother is still sleeping. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Didn't you read in your scripture in Genesis that it took God to make Adam to sleep? And it was when Adam woke up, he said, hey, this is now. The brother will not recognize you if he doesn't sleep. Oh. That sleep is a surgical spiritual operation in the hand of God to be the right man. You know, it is possible for the brother to come at the wrong time to the right sister and then they mess up. And eventually they don't get married. You've heard stories like that. Was it that they were not meant for each other? Perhaps they were. But that there was a wrong timing. The brother did not take time to sleep. God had not worked on him. God had not removed certain things that should be removed from him. He removed the rib. Allow God to work on that brother so that when he comes to you, he's ready for you. And he's ready to recognize you. He will not be seeing men like trees. Mm. Hallelujah. When he wakes up, he's able to know, oh, God is talking to me about Foluke. He's able to know with precision. There was no mistake for Adam. He knew that it was Eve. Allow the brother to sleep. My sister, don't worry, he's coming. Just be praying. Keep praying. And I think God also is working on you. Let God work on you. God had to take time to work on me too. I didn't know I was going to be a pastor's wife. I didn't know. But so God had to work on me. It's not easy being a pastor's wife. It's not. You are going to, people are going to come, brethren will come, they will call your husband in the night, they will call them in the day, they will call them, you have to, they will have to come at odd hours, you cook for them, you do this, you do that, you, you, and you have to be, <laughs> you have to be smiling, even when, <laughs> no, 
Hallelujah. Even while you are tired, ah, the Lord is my strength. Oh, my Zetaker, you start cooking, making that. And the Amala must make sense. Hallelujah. It's just a making process. So, when the Lord was making me that time, I didn't know. It's now I understand. And now I can tell you my story of how I was made. And I'm still being made because I'm not there yet. I'm still low. God is still working on me. He's still making me. And he's going to make you in the name of Jesus. And you know, when God wants to make us, what he wants us to do is, number one, deny ourselves. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. We'll soon round up. Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24. Can someone help us? Then said Jesus unto Yes. If any man will come after me, yes. let him deny himself mm. and take up his cross and follow me. You know, I was worried. I said, God, God, am I being old? But how do you want me to deny myself? Do you, you understand? I'm this self. But God is saying, deny yourself for me to make you. And I began to read. And I saw that how to deny ourselves is to put our body under. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 27. If you found, you should read. Yes, please. 25 to 27. And every man that strived for the mastery is temperate in all things. Mm. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Yes. But we are incorruptible. Yes. I therefore so run, mm. not as uncertain, uh-uh. so so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Yes. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, mm. lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, mm. I myself should be a castle. God bless you. He said, I run and I do what I do with mastery. That means I must be good at what I am doing. Hallelujah. Sisters, God wants us to be good at what we are doing. If people running a physical race, train themselves, do exercises to make sure they are fit to win a corruptible crown, how much more we an incorruptible crown? We all have our crowns in heaven. Those who have died or had a trance about heaven, they see so many people having crowns in heaven. And the question is, what are you doing? Which spiritual exercise are you doing to make sure that you gain mastery of what God has called you to do, that you may win that crown? The crown is not given to lazy people. The crown is not given to people that did not walk. He said, I walk while it's day, for night cometh when no man walketh. This is the time to walk. This is the time to do mastery, to learn what it is. And one of the ways is putting our body under. You know, sometimes as sisters, you just want a brother to just hug you. You know, there are some times that your emotions are raising very high. And especially maybe your friends are getting married, your friends are in relationship, you are not, and it seems your hormones are just keeping place. Tell your body, I put you under. Because we have had those that did not put their body under and they got into serious problems. I can't tell you countless counseling that we have done for sisters. His sister would just come and say, well, I just felt I needed to say yes to him. And say yes. They started a relationship. Before you know, one thing led to the other. Brothers and sisters, oh, in quote, brothers and sisters, tongue speaking. 
they find themselves in corners. Start touching, caressing, kissing. From there, they go to the bed. I don't even know if they get to get to the bed sometimes. And before you know it, the sister is pregnant. And the question is, what do we do to a sister that is pregnant? A sister. Praise God. And you know what happened to that sister I was telling you about? She sought counsel. You know how the Bible said Diana went to the children, to the daughters of the land. She went to the daughters of the land. And by the time she got to the daughters of the land, they said, Ken, just use it. Just mix it, mix it, mix it. They gave her, she took, she aborted. And you know what happened? She started bleeding. She continued bleeding, went to the hospital, they did scan. Pregnancy was still positive. Fragments of the baby were still inside their uterus. What a bad situation. They had to rush her to another specialist hospital. And they had to do an evacuation. And do you know the irony? Because I was there. Do you know the person that attended to us, the gynecologist? Was a woman. And the woman was this hijab woman, a Muslim. Okay, so now where do we begin the story? The Christian sister aborted wrongly, came to the imam sister through the accompanying of a pastor's wife. How do we say that story? Do you understand? And it took a Muslim woman to be counseling a sister right in my presence. To say, what is wrong with you? I started counseling her. I wept inside. And you know why I wept inside? Not that she got pregnant, but that she went ahead to abort. You understand? She said it was a mistake. And you know, if I push it too far, she was a pastor's daughter. Now, why I'm sharing this story is to tell our sisters, don't respect your emotions. Though. Let's not respect our emotions. The scripture that still talks about let the bed be undefiled is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word of God is still the same. It's not old-fashioned. I did a course when I was doing my NYC. What we call this zip-up. Operation zip-up. Bro, let's tell our brothers to zip-up and let's help them, help them in Koto. How do we help them to zip-up? By making sure that we don't give them advantages. We don't allow ourselves to be in dark, secret places with them. We don't follow them to places where we shouldn't. Let us not give them the first step. Let, why must you allow a brother to touch you in the first place? Men are moved by what they see and what they touch. Women are not easily that moved. If a man strips naked in front of a, 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 man, a, a woman, maybe except some cases, but if a woman dares strips naked before, before a man, the man will do everything to sleep with that woman. Men, men are moved by what they see and touch. Having been armed with that information, can we help the brothers? Can we help the men? And not just, let's not give them the first place. Let's not give them the opportunity in the first place. 
Yes, our emotions may be, oh, and I really need a man to hug me. Don't allow them to hug you. Is it that I'm saying you should not hug a brother? It's not as if hugging is bad. You know what I mean. But there are some brothers, by the time they hug you, they hug you and you know that it's a lustful kind of hug. And the brother will go to the hostel and start thinking about that hug, thinking about how your breast was on him. And before you know it, the brother starts, let me not say brother, the guy starts to desire you, to touch you, to explore you. So the next time the guy sees you is to touch what he felt. And he's not just satisfied there. He wants to kiss you. And he's not just satisfied there. He wants to go there. He wants to have sex with you. And, and we end up. So if we have issues like this, the Bible said, keep your body under. Under. Say, no. Hey, others may. I will not. Others can do it all, but I will not. And I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Let me quickly rush. So that's how to deny self. Talk to your body. Talk to yourself. No. No. Do you know there are some sisters that what they do is that they do pornography. Do you know that a relationship broke? We had to cancel them. Because, okay, they know that they were both brethren. They can't touch. They can't have sex. Do you know what the sister did? She now pulled her clothes off. Videoed herself. Sent it to me. Yes. Sister, tongue speaking. I'm not telling you stories. We canceled them. And you know the, the poor thing? The brother was having issues with pornography. And the sister said, hey, I'm just helping you. So that instead of you looking at the pornography of other women, you look at my own body. And the brother told me, I said, Mommy, this girl doesn't know that she's pushing me back to sin. And she's allowing me to go deep down into pornography. She said, Mommy, I have to let this relationship go. It's not healthy for me. They broke up. I had to call the secular Swedebe. What were you thinking? And she said, Mommy, I was just, you are not trying to help. You are not helping. And some, some people, they snap themselves, send it to their, the brother they are cutting. What are you doing now? Or you tell the brother to buy you bra. You are still cutting. He doesn't have a right to buy you bra. He doesn't have a right to buy you pants. Then the brother will start imagining things and thinking things. And the next time he sees you, we have seen brothers rape sisters now. And the brother finishes and started crying. Oh God, what have I done? Sisters, please. These are the end times. Let's help them. And it shall be well with us in the name of Jesus. Let's deny ourselves. Let's take up our cross. And I was asking God, okay, how do we take up our cross? And I got this, um, this understanding that when the meaning of taking up our cross is when we do not dwell on our past. Ah. You know, you're telling someone, you know, I've aborted before. And that past is haunting you. It happened to a sister, not in this school. The sister had aborted. And she said, whenever she sleeps, the cry of that child she aborted keeps coming to her in the sleep. And she's a fervent lady. She tries to put it back at, at her, at, at behind her, but it keeps coming back. So I want to tell you, if you have had a bad past, or even if right now you've done something wrong and you feel it's uncomely of you as a Christian, 
I want you to know that we have a loving father who understands and who cares. Just come to him and confess and just tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I now realize what I did was very wrong. And he's a father. He will forgive. But he doesn't want you to continue in that sin. Don't continue in the sin. Let him teach you and heal you. He will tell you what to do. And just in one minute, let's bow down our head. Sorry, I'm just doing as I'm led. Let's just bow down our head. If you are here, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nobody has come to enchant anybody. Believe you me, my sisters. If you are here, you are here and you, you have a past that is haunting you, excuse me, or you are dwelling in something right now and that thing is haunting you, can you just wave your hands and drop it? Your deliverance is here. God bless you. And you know the first step is to confess it. It's not to be ashamed of what you have done and shame the devil that look, devil, you will not keep me down in this sin. I've seen that hand. Is there any other person joining this sister? There's something you've done. God bless you. It's haunting you. It's giving you nightmares. There's something you are still entangled in right now. And it seems it just can't let you go. It's not letting you move forward. Can you just wave your hands and drop it back? Do we have anybody before we pray? Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, those people, just put your hand on your chest. Don't worry about anybody. This one is you and God. Don't worry, my sisters. You don't know what's happening here this afternoon. Just You have your own encounter. This is your own retreat. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my sisters that have identified with this problem. They have a past, and the past is haunting them. They have something surrounding their now, and it's haunting them. Lord, I ask that you have mercy on my sisters in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask, oh God, for mercy in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask, oh God, that the guilt of shame, you have come to erase through the blood. From today, you, you the, the guilt of shame is erased from you in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will erase every guilt of your past, any guilt of your now. In the name of Jesus, devil will rebuke you over this lies in the name of Jesus. We ask that these ones are set free from every guilt of sin and shame. In the name of Jesus, devil will remind you of your past. These ones have a glorious future. We remind you, devil, of your future. These ones have a glorious future and they will no longer dwell on their past because they have been set free by the blood. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. And amen and amen. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Rounding up now, so we carry our cross by not dwelling on the past. We just go forward to the mission that God, you know, wants to have us do. Now, um, he also said, 
apart from denying ourselves, he said, deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow me. So it doesn't help at denying yourself. It doesn't help at uh, stop at carrying your cross. It also goes well to follow me. So when we sit down with Jesus and walk with him, we learn how to follow him. And when we follow him, so many yokes are broken. I don't know how many of us have seen this cattle. This, we call them oxen. Some of us maybe study agric. And you put a yoke on two oxen, two cattle. A yoke is on the neck of one, a yoke is on the neck of another. And that is how Jesus wants us to be yoked with him. He said we are togetherly yoked with Christ Jesus. When we are yoked with Christ Jesus, we learn to do the things, our uh, things God way. God leads. In the midst of that yoke, there is a master, there's a leader amongst those oxen that are being yoked. And that is what Jesus wants. He wants to lead us, even though we are yoked with him. It is where he leads that we go. It is where he leads that we follow. And I pray that from today that we'll be easily yoked with Jesus in the name of Jesus. So when we walk with Jesus, he shows us the way and teaches us the way. Look at when Jesus told Peter to come. I love that account in the Bible. When he said, Jesus, if you are the one, bid me to come. And for the first time, a man who is not Jesus walked on water. If not that he was distracted, he wouldn't have sunk. He walked on water. And so when you come to Jesus, when you follow him, he teaches you where to walk and how to walk on waters. You walk in planes that are impossible. Things that seem impossible for you, you begin to walk in it. He walked on water. And Jesus wants us to walk with him, to learn of him, so that we can know how to do great and mighty things that he wants us to do in the name of Jesus. So the, um, I've told you the, the second walk, right? Okay, sorry, I've jumped to the third one. We've talked about it. The third one is walking with Jesus. The third one is walking with Jesus. What was the first one? Come walk with me. The second one was? Come, I'll make you. And the third one is? Yes, walking with Jesus. Um, so when we walk with Jesus, the Bible talks to us uh, about um, Enoch. It said, Enoch walked with God and he was lost. God wants us to be lost with him, lost in him. When we walk in, with Jesus, we get lost in him. When we walk with Jesus, our faith is being renewed. We cannot actually walk with Jesus without faith. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. If we read the book of Hebrews, and if we look at the encounter in Hebrews, we see that all these people, Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 12, they walked by faith. And the Bible said that since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every sin and ways that easily besets us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And that's what God wants us to do, to walk with him. So that's the third come that God wants to, I mean, us to have to come walk with him as Enoch walked with God as Peter walked on water he was being led by the way and I said we cannot walk with him without having faith in him the final walk or the final come is come and give account come and give account and honestly everybody every one of us standing here today and those that are even not here everyone on planet earth we come to give an account and we see the examples in the scripture. We see the 10 virgins, Matthew 25. They were called to give an account. We saw the stewards in Luke chapter 16. We can read that when we get home. We see an account of the talents in Matthew 25. All of them were called to give an account. And I want to tell us tonight, sisters, that we will all give account. 
He has said that we should come unto him in salvation. He has said that we should come, sit with him, and learn of him. He has also said that we should come and walk with him. The last with all these things. And you know, when we come and when we walk with Jesus, he teaches us how to, he teaches us how to, how to be stewards. We receive the, the, the grace to be stewards in his vineyard. We begin to do things rightly in his vineyard. And now that we have become stewards, it is of a truth necessary that after a steward has walked and when it has come to a particular point, he will come and give account for the master. And when the master comes, what will be your story? When the master comes, what will be my story? Do you know there will be no excuse to say it was Sister Moyo, sorry, the way she used to look at me in fellowship made me to just leave that fellowship because it seems she doesn't like me. And you just go and leave fellowship. You don't serve God. You say, Christians have disappointed me. <laughs> it's nobody's business. When you get to heaven, books will be open. That's what the Bible said. And you know, he said he's going to come back a thief in the night. So the rapture is going to take place. And the Bible said that when it will take place, no man will know. Two will be in the field. One will be taken, one left. Two will be at the mill. One will be taken, one left. I want to tell us now, as my father and the Lord used to say, we are actually at the corridors of rapture. We are the corridors of rapture. Rapture will take place any moment from now. And the question I ask myself is, what will I tell God I have done when he comes to take me? Which assignment will I tell him I fulfilled when he comes to pick me? Which excuse will I give him that my parents did not allow me to serve God or my parents were Muslims and I couldn't? There would be no excuse that day. The Bible said he will come. And when he comes, will he meet faith on earth? Sister, if there's going to be one person that will have faith till the very end, will it be you? Will you dare to say, Lord, when you come, to take us, you will still find faith in me. When you come to take us, you will still find me that my robes are white. Sister, so many of us have our robes stained. But the good news is that God has come today again to say, even if your robe is stained, the blood is here to wash us clean. I'm not there yet. I'm sure you are not there yet too. The Bible says we are continually striving for mastery. We want to be the best that God has called us to be. But let us know that in being the best that God has called us to be, he will one day come and say, what have you done? You know, for me, I used to sing a song. Ijoba oruku dede araye yi pada oludajo aye mbo ti yo bere lowo re baba yo bere wi pe bawo lo se lo igbesi aye re can we just bow our heads and begin to pray i begin to say lord jesus how will you meet me when you come how will you meet me what, what, what work will you meet me doing? We've talked about different levels of come. We said the first one is come to me. 
at salvation. And we said the second one is come, I will make you when we sit down with Jesus. And we said the third one is come walk with me when he makes us stewards. And we said the final one is come give account. And this is four over four. I don't know how many of us here can boast in our hearts that we can fulfill the four over four. I can't. I can't say I've achieved this four over four. I can't say that when God comes today, he's going to meet that I have finished or fully done what he has told me to do. I want us to come before the Father and say, God, I want to make a fresh commitment with you, oh God. From today, I seek for direction. From today, I seek for instruction from you. From today, oh God, I want to remain a great steward that strives for mastery. If there's anything in me that will not make me to fulfill purpose, God, take it away from me. Take it away from me. Cast me not away from your presence, oh God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Can you tell God to renew a right spirit within you? Can you tell God that from today you pledge allegiance to him? Can you tell the Lord today that you pledge your allegiance with him? If you are in that same category like me, can you rise up on your feet and say, God, I pledge my allegiance. Let's rise up on our feet. I begin to say, God, I pledge my allegiance with you from today. I pledge my allegiance to you from today, oh God. From today, oh God, I will walk with you. From today, oh God, I will follow you. I will deny myself. I will take up my cross. I will follow you. From today, oh God, I will be a good steward in your vineyard. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. We are prepared for every good work. From today, oh God, I will be prepared for every good work. Because I'm your workmanship. Father Lord, hear our prayer tonight, oh God. Hear our prayer tonight, oh God. As sisters, we have come before you, oh God. That we pledge our allegiance to you. When you are looking for a sister, we are, when you are looking for a voice on planet Earth, Father, you will find me. You will find that voice speaking for you. You will find that voice speaking for you. When you are looking for a life that will do your will, you will find my body, soul, and spirit prepared to do your good work. Mary was prepared to do that good work. Mary was a woman just like us. Father, Lord, we ask tonight, when you are looking for a vessel to use for your will, you will find us in the name of Jesus. When you are looking for a vessel to use for your will, when you are looking for a vessel to do your work on planet Earth, you will find us in the name of Jesus. You will find me ready to be used of you, O oh God. Father, 
find me available, oh God. You will find me available, oh God. He basa puke bose. He nanase ki bose. He balada bose ke sote. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Tonight, if you want to say, God, I need fire. I need fire for this work. I need fire that I might receive mastery for what you have called me to be. Can you raise up your hands? If you are joining me as sisters in this army to say, Lord, we want fire. Tonight, oh God, we want fire. Begin to say, Lord, I receive fire. Lord, I receive fire from your throne of grace. Fire to be able to walk. Fire to be able to run. Fire in my bones. Fire in my spirit. I want to pray more like you. I want to sing more like you. I want to do more like you. I receive fire in my bones. I receive fire in my spirit. I receive fire in my body.
This is the word of the Lord concerning Anglican sisters. He said, afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. He said, your sons and your daughters will proclaim my message. He said, your old people will have dreams. And your young people will see visions. He said, at that time, I will pour out my spirit, even on servants, both men and women. So shall the word of the Lord be upon this fellowship. Amen. So shall the word of God be upon the sisters. Amen. That the Lord will pour out fire upon our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sisters, more than ever before, begin to run. Amen. The race that is set before you. Amen. Begin to have fire in your bones. Amen. You will have an unrest the unrest that drives you to the presence of the Father. Amen. From now on, the fellowship will receive fire. Amen. And this fire will lead to the revival. Amen. A revival in the land. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. From now on, sisters, all of you that have feeble knees, receive strength on your knees Amen. to stand in the place of your watch. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to travel in the place of prayer. Amen. Receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to be who you have been called to be. Receive in the name of Jesus. The, the grace to be who he has called you to be. Receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to walk with Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to dine with Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. The grace to run with Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. The grace to soar high with Jesus. Receive in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Praise you the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.